The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. All right. Looks like it's seven o'clock here. Um, we can just get going. Um, just so everyone knows, um, the video speaking and screen sharing functions are disabled um, for all the participants to avoid unauthorized persons. Um, and you can leave and rejoin the meeting at any time. Um, and you can communicate through the QA feature or by raising your hand. So um, welcome to the Almondinger Playground um, Improvements Public Meeting. I am Hillary Hansel. I'm a park planner and landscape architect with the city. We also have uh, Dan Perot with Michigan Recreational Construction. They're our playground consultant. And then we have Michelle Bennett, our community engagement specialist here at the city. So today I'm sure many of you are already familiar with Zoom, but we'll just do a brief Zoom overview for how it works in this webinar format for a public meeting. And then Michelle will um, discuss this optional poll we have as well. Um, I'll do a brief project overview, talk about the schedule, then we'll spend some time reviewing some online survey feedback we received uh, last year around this time. Um, spend a lot of time reviewing the proposed playground design and then hoping to leave enough time, you know, hopefully 20, 30 minutes for questions, discussion um, towards the end. So with that, uh, I'll pass it off to Michelle to talk about um, the Zoom technology. Yeah, thanks, Hillary. Um, if you hover over the bottom of your screen, there is a little icon that says Q&A. This will be the primary mode of communication tonight between the, the panelists here and our participants. Um, so you can submit a question at any time and we will receive it. Um, if it's relevant to the slides that we're on, we may answer it in real time or um, save them all to the end. If you have called in, then the option for you to share or submit a comment is to first press star nine. Um, so that will show us that you are raising your hand and then we can unmute you for you to share your comment with the rest of the group. We're also going to launch an optional demographic questionnaire. So please don't feel obligated to answer this, um, but I just launched it and I will leave it open for most of the remainder of the session so that you can fill it out um, when it's convenient for you. We have recently just updated the questions if you've attended a few of these sessions before, so it may look a little different. And just to remind everyone, we do collect this information because we'd like to see who we're reaching through our communications and who's attending to participate. And this is anonymous as well. Um, so your name and you know detailed information will be attached to it. Correct. Thank you. Great. Well, with that, um, let's just get going into talking about Almondinger Playground. The reason you're all here tonight, we appreciate you taking time out from your evening. Um, I'm sure you're all familiar with where the playground is, kind of in this north west quadrant of the park. Um, we're here today because public input, um, your feedback is really important to us. Um, just so you know, this is not a full playground replacement, um, but rather an expansion of the existing playground. 
you know, the existing play equipment, while it's older, it's still an acceptable shape. So there's not health, safety, welfare reasons for removing it at this time. Um, as far as schedule, so many of you um, likely remember we sent out an online survey um, spring of last year. At that time, we'd anticipated to have construction underway that summer, and um, it didn't happen for a few reasons. Um, but we were very impressed with the um, response we received. We received over 150 responses, which is well and above our average for um, neighborhood scale playgrounds. Um, and, you know, we did end up having to delay it. We had some um, staffing challenges at the moment. Um, and then we were also working on our park and recreation um, open space master plan or pros plan. Um, so all those things we weren't able to quite get through this playground process in time in order to order equipment and have construction that year. So we're back. Um, we're getting going early enough that we're anticipating that construction would be this summer or perhaps even early fall, um, but we'll be in 23. So um, plenty of time for feedback from tonight's meeting and afterwards to help um, inform the design direction. And just to spend a little time, since it has um, been a while since the online survey was um, completed, a little time just going over what we heard from all of you that filled that out. So we all know, you know, Almondinger is very beloved because of the extensive mature tree canopy, um, you know, the shade it provides in the summer, you know, just adds a lot of comfort. Um, you know, having a restroom in the park is a big draw, um, you know, obviously for younger children, um, but it just allows you to stay a little bit longer. And we did hear from a lot of you that that people like the existing equipment, you know, the swings, the merry-go-round, the climbing wall, the large slide. Uh, these were all things that, that you liked about the existing playground. Um, you know, we heard loud and clear, you know, don't impact or remove existing trees. And I will tell you right now, that is not our intent and that is not our plan. Um, you know, we also heard the message, keep play equipment in the shade. Um, you know, obviously a lot of benefits just from sun exposure to keeping things cool and everyone loves that aspect about this park. Uh, some of the things we heard about, um, you know, that we could consider removing or replacing. One is this elevated sand table that you'll see here. Um, you know, we realize there's not really much sand out there anymore and it doesn't really get used. It's pretty high, it can get kind of wet and dirty. Um, you know, the main play structure is also um, designed for younger children. Um, technically it's the age range from two to five years old. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not very challenging, especially for even like the older kids from that age range. So, um, you know, that play structure is pretty limited. Uh, some of the things we heard about, you know, to consider adding um, new play equipment, you know, equipment for older kids, um, accessible play equipment, things that are more modern, you know, monkey bars, zip line. And then items that inspire creative play or imaginative play, some things that are more open-ended. And, you know, we asked also what would make the playground better and more comfortable for parents and caregivers. So wheelchair accessibility, um, you know, the city parks is actually undergoing an ADA um, accessibility transition plan right now, where we've been evaluating accessibility in all our parks. So it's definitely at the forefront of everything we're doing. Um, you know, more benches, picnic tables, you know, areas to park strollers. Um, we do know there's some muddy and lower lying areas, especially kind of on the eastern edge. 
Uh, play equipment for parents, wasn't totally sure um, what people were getting to on that one. We can talk about that more. And then, you know, a common theme was better traffic control. So um, we know even in this image, Hutchins Street um, is pretty close to the playground. And, you know, there was the desire for some sort of barrier along there. And we also asked to see um, if there was interest in natural play elements. So this is something kind of over the last five, six years, the city's been experimenting with small kind of nature play elements um, within our existing playgrounds. Um, we heard loud and clear, a lot of support. 87% um, said yes, they were interested in it at this playground. We also asked about sandboxes. Um, you know, still a majority were in favor of that as well. And then natural play, for those that might not be as familiar, you know, this is using natural materials. So stumps, logs, boulders, sand, um, you know, these natural materials that provide a connection to the environment. Um, you know, they're also can be less prescriptive than traditional play equipment. So it can create more opportunities for, um, you know, self-directed, creative, imaginative play. And, you know, studies show that that kids really, um, you know, play in these environments longer. They don't get bored as quickly um, because of that creativity that they can inspire. And I totally, you know, understand that this is a, a blurry picture, but um, just wanted to use it for a reference point before I show um, some of the plans or maps, um, you know, of the changes we're looking at. So we're actually gonna be leaving the existing um, play equipment that's kind of shown here on the left, you know, all the existing play equipment, except for the elevated sand table will remain. And so um, where we're looking to actually expand the playground is this kind of area near the sand table. It's still beneath the canopy, still shaded. Um, shaded actually to the point that there's really not um, lawn or grass that's able to grow there. Um, there's some existing picnic tables and things that we'll be um, taking out to put the play equipment in, but then we'll also be um, replacing those and adding new ones as well. So just wanted to kind of provide that, um, you know, reference point for what area we're talking about. And so here, you know, this is a plan um, or map, and it can be a little tough to orient yourself. So north is up, um, you know, Hutchins is here on the left. Don't be scared by all the red X's. We're not removing trees. You know, it can look a little scary. Um, the trees are actually all these black dots. The black dots represent the different trunks and the, the bigger diameters versus the smaller ones. So we know where all of those are and we're actively going to be designing around them. Um, what you see here is just, we'll be removing some of the existing wood edging that kind of separates the different areas. So it's all gonna be an interconnected wood chipped um, surface in the play area. And then, as I mentioned, we'd be removing the elevated sandbox, some existing benches, picnic tables, um, and a grill as well. And so this is kind of an overview. It shows the existing playground as well as the expanded um, playground area as well. Um, we'll do some zooming in. I'll walk everyone through each element. I know it can be a little visually overwhelming, so um, we'll show lots of opportunities to look back here. Uh, one of the things I'd like to talk to you about first is um, this red dash line along Hutchins. We're going to be working with our park operations or field staff to actually build a wooden fence along there. So it won't be a fully enclosed playground, but it'll just provide kind of a visual um, barrier, uh, you know, where parents can use it as a reference point to keep kids away. Just kind of, you know, one little reminder um, visually to kind of 
keep kids within the playground area. Um, you know, another thing I just want to point out kind of on this overall plan is we're going to have a couple um, concrete connections to the existing um, walkway. And so what those are going to do, they'll be, um, we can kind of call them a dub down, they kind of um, ramp down into the uh, wood chip play surfacing. And so it just allows that someone in a wheelchair can kind of make that transition down um, to the playground more, more smoothly. Um, so with that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of walk through each element. So fencing, um, you know, we're looking for something similar to this. This was built um, by our staff out at the Leslie Park Golf Course. And uh, the asphalt pathway that runs through here, we'll also look at repairing that or possibly even fully replacing it after the playground project is complete. Um, we know that just with having equipment coming in and out, the path will get you know, degraded even further and it's in need of repair. So you can expect um, improvements to that pathway as well. And so zooming in on the expanded play area down here, um, I'm gonna walk you guys through what each of these elements looks like. So to start off, um, we'll talk about this sand play area with a log crawl tunnel. And then we'll also talk about um, a new play structure. So we'll have two play structures. So the plant sand play area um, will be, you know, Kind of your traditional sandbox, but much larger. And we'll be using natural materials as like the edging around that. So logs and boulders, which are nice. Um, you know, it provides kind of a you know tabletop almost um, that kids can kind of build on and play on. And then as parents and caregivers, it kind of provides an informal seat where you could perch um, if you're sitting near your children there. And then in the sandbox, we'll also be adding um, you know, this log crawl tunnel. You know, this is something that's not a natural material. It's just difficult to find um, you know, something out in nature that can mimic this. So it is one that's made of, um, I believe, concrete and it's made to look like a log. Um, you know, but we find these are really enjoyable and it's an enjoyable piece to kind of add to the creativity um, within the sand play area. And then the second play structure we're looking at, this is something, it's still a relatively small footprint. It's not gonna be a huge structure just because of those constraints working within the existing trees. But it is something that's designed for older children. So it's designed for children five to 12 years. Um, you know, Dan could speak to this better than I, but um, you know, these, these design age ranges um, are based on playground safety standards. And often what we find is that, um, you know, even though it's designed for five to 12, it's still something that you'll see younger children on and typically able to enjoy as well. Um, you know, I know my children were on these as young as, you know, two or three years old, um, but it is gonna be a higher height. So it'll be um, steeper slides, um, you know, more opportunity for climbing. So in addition to three slides, it'll have a loop ladder or monkey bars, an edge climber, so kind of providing this, um, you know, different climbing experience, a crunch bar, I guess that could be something that an older, um, you know, adult uh, or caregiver could use, you know, the typical ADA transfer platforms with guardrails, and, uh, you know, one of these, uh, they call them gizmo panels, it's kind of an infill panel that has different things that you can interact with. Uh, so this is a view of that same play structure just from above, kind of the top looking down. 
And so you can see it's it's not huge, but it has these different levels. So it's going to go up to a height of five feet, um, whereas the existing um, you know younger children play structure that's out there, I believe, is only three feet high, possibly even less. So be um, some additional ways that that older children can um, you know enjoy you know the traditional play structure out here. And so um, moving along, talking about some of these other elements out here, you know, getting back to some of the natural play elements, um, we'll be looking at proposed Boulder Mountain. This is something new we're experimenting with. And then also a proposed timber dome. You know, we have some of these in our parks, I believe. We just put one um, out at Bromley Park a few years ago. So the Boulder Mountain, um, I will say we haven't done one of these before and it won't necessarily look like this, but this is our inspiration. Uh, you know, so mimicking children love climbing and, um, you know, scaling rocks, you know, looking for something that can be that gross motor heavy um, work, you know, something that can be challenging for older children. So we'll see where we can kind of source boulders from um, and how, how many we can fit out there. But this is, uh, you know, kind of, a, the route that we're looking to go, um, you know, if we aren't able to get quite this height, it could just maybe be a collection of larger boulders as well. Um, but looking at a boulder mountain, and then the timber dome is kind of a, a quieter space. So it's a place that, you know, over overstimulated kids can go to, um, you know, a sensory shelter. So you could have time for kind of self-regulating um, yourself, kind of calming down or even gathering and socialing with peers. And then, you know, the outer surface can also act as a, a um, climbing structure as well. And so the next thing we'll talk about is kind of this connection from the Boulder Mountain over to this horizontal tree trunk climber. So again, kind of experimenting with natural materials, we're looking at um, calling it a log jaunt and then a stump trek. Um, and then connecting over to this larger um, tree climbing element. So the log jaunt and stump steppers are, are really what they sound like. So the stumps are logs that have been, um, you know, driven into the ground. They're at different heights, and uh, you know, it's a great challenge for kids at a variety of ages. You know, balance, coordination, just kind of doing your own um, gross motor planning. So it really kind of appeals to a broad age range. And then the log jaunt is kind of another thing we're experimenting with, um, you know, could be these kind of horizontal logs that, you know, act as balance beams and that, um, you know, kids, it almost, you know, gives you that feeling of exploring in the woods and the outdoors. So that would be kind of connecting these two play areas. And then, you know, something we're excited about, and again, um, something a little newer is, you know, just using a large tree trunk log, essentially, as a climbing element. So this is a real tree. Um, this is a project, I believe, on Chicago, um, where a tree just had to be taken down, and they used it as an opportunity to integrate it into a natural playground. Um, so here you can see a lot of the branches were, um, you know, kind of kept intact, so they can be different perches and different, um, you know, elements that children can explore. You know, this is something that's great for gross motor activity. Um, you know, again, getting back to, you know, balancing, coordination, um, you know, lots of opportunities for different kids to use it in different ways, uh, different ages as well. Um, you can see here, 
there's some you know, parents and caregivers that are helping some younger children uh, navigate it and interact with it in different ways. So, um, so that's kind of the main uh, play equipment that we're looking at. Uh, I will say, you know, these more natural materials can be much more affordable than the um, traditional play equipment. So that's another reason, um, you know, that we can just get more play value for the budget that we have to work within by using some of these elements. So we'll also be adding some additional seating as well. So uh, we'll be adding four picnic tables. So, you know, it'd be a net gain of two because we're impacting two that exist out there. And two of these picnic tables that we're adding will be accessible. So they'll connect to the main pathway. You know, they'll have, you know, a wheelchair seating space where someone can pull up there. And I've also seen people use these, um, you know, for staging things like bikes, push toys, strollers. You know, it's also nice to have um, buffer space for other users as well. And then we'll be, um, you know, adding one new bench that, you know, we're replacing that's out there currently, you know, again, having some informal seating with logs. And just to give you a sense of where, um, you know, some of the seatings proposed kind of around the edges here, we have, you know, some picnic tables that are just embedded kind of into the existing landscape. Um, you know, some of these ADA picnic tables right off the main pathway with that accessible um, concrete connection and then an additional bench as well. So uh, I know this is a little quick, but uh, happy to move on to any questions and have some discussion. And I can go back to any of the slides, pull up any of these graphics. Um, so happy to, to talk through this further. And I'm gonna pass it over to Michelle to just um, remind you, you know, from a technology standpoint, how you, you can um, ask questions or raise your hand. Yeah, so just a reminder, if you want to submit a question or a comment uh, to us that you can hover over the bottom of your screen and this icon, the Q&A icon should pop up. If you click on it, this will open up and your questions will come directly to Hillary, Dan and I, um, and then we will read them out to the group um, so that Hillary and Dan can answer. And if you've called in, which I, looking at our participant list, it doesn't look like anyone called in, but you can uh, be unmuted to speak if you click star nine. So let me move over to the first question that we have submitted. And the question is, is the longevity of the tree climbers similar to non-natural structures? Yeah, um, I would guess no, and I'll ask Dan for his input here, but I think, you know, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but on a traditional play structure, we can probably expect to get 30 some years out of it, um, 20 to 30 years maybe. <laughs> and maybe ours just get 30 years out of it because we have over 80 playgrounds here in our city parks. Um, Dan, can you speak a little bit to what we've been seeing with the um, tree climbers? I know this one we're talking about possibly leaving the bark on, which could need to deteriorate yeah. real quickly. Um, well, manufactured equipment um, typically lasts anywhere from 10 to 30. Some people push it really hard to 50 years. Um, but the typical lifespan of playground manufactured equipment is in that 
I would say 15 years is probably 15 to 20 is probably the most that you're going to get out of it reasonably. Um, and I know municipalities for various reasons push that and um, don't replace it as often because it is expensive. Um, the natural materials, depending on what it is and the species of the, let's say boulders are going to be around for a long time. They're not going to degrade. Um, different types of trees, uh, the wood is is very quite variable. We try to typically use materials that are naturally rot or trees that are naturally rot resistant. Um, so it kind of really depends of you know what the tree is and I know the city is looking at uh, trees that are uh, they're having to take down because they're um, in either in locations where they're um, dangerous or they're just failing and so we're looking at using some of those a tree like that here um, so it kind of depends on what that species is but we'd be looking for white oak uh, red oak, uh, black locust. So it depends, and those are all more naturally rot resistant um, than some of the other species. Yeah, and so I, it's something that's hard to say. And I'd add, you know, just with Almondinger specifically, just being a shaded area, this one will probably deteriorate a little more quickly than, you know, a sunnier uh, playground. So it's something to think about, but I think it's also something that, um, you know, can be monitored over time and, you know, that's part of the play feature, seeing it as it changes and, yeah. um, frankly, something that's much easier to replace than, you know, your traditional kind of steel um, and plastic play structure from a cost standpoint. That's um, exactly right. It would yeah. be penny, you know, a fraction of the cost to replace that um, tree, should it Mm -hmm. uh, degrade to a point where you wanted to take, you know, replace it, it would be a fraction of the cost. Yeah. And especially, you know, the ice storm and everything we've had lately, we have lots of trees that have been impacted the city. So as Dan mentioned, we'd be looking to see, you know, if there's an opportunity to use one that's already slated for, you know, removal for some other reason. Um, and if not, we'll look to um, other sources as well, but we won't be chopping down some hundred year old tree. <laughs> To make this yeah. yeah, we work with uh, tree companies, um, local tree companies that are taking down trees for development. Usually it's some type of development that's coming in. And so we work with them to get the trees so that they just don't get chipped or turned into firewood and we repurpose them for playgrounds. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, the next question is, as a senior citizen who uses the park almost daily, I was hoping to see more than one additional bench. Is that a possibility? Yeah, we can definitely look at um, adding additional benches. Um, I'd be interested if you're, um, and you can maybe type an answer in here, but uh, if you'd be interested in one more focused around the playground or one that's elsewhere in the park, but definitely one we can, something we can consider, um, you know, Almondinger is a really popular and heavily used park. So I'm sure there's opportunities. Okay. How long will construction take? Uh, Dan, what do you think? Four or six weeks? Yeah, I would say in the three to six week um, time frame, something like that. It's yeah. kind of, you know, if, if we're doing the, the construction, we'd 
we want to close that window as much as possible. So we'd make sure that we had all of the materials at hand. And then once we get into the construction phase, we're going to try and, you know, wrap it up and make sure that it's uh, not out of commission for, or it would be out of commission for the shortest period of time that we could reasonably. Okay. Weather has something to do with it, although that's a, a site that we're not going to have a lot of problem uh, just because of the way the, the land is there. I don't see that. You know, some sites are real muddy if we open them up and we're not really even going to open up this site at all because mm -hmm. we can't because of all the trees. Right. So it's things on the site. Yeah. yeah so it's pretty, it's going to be pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I would say the very outset six weeks, but I would think more like three and maybe even shorter, but I don't want to, I yeah. think I just said that, but I'm not going <laughs> to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully not too long. Yeah. Okay, the next question is um, about the equipment. Is there anything that can be done to improve the safety of the climbing wall? The ladder and steps are very small and tricky when people are going down. Hmm. Let me, I know I have a picture of it up here. Let me um, see if I can scroll back to that. Um, Dan, do you have any, I don't know if you remember that equipment. We showed a picture. Well, that's, that's where you run into that issue with um, equipment that's designed that would be an older uh, piece specifically for older children and they would have you know so it's got more challenge built into it and it wouldn't be as appropriate for younger children and there'd be certain number of children who are older who may not uh, have the necessary skills to really uh, use that Mm -hmm. But that's kind of where we're trying to build in more uh, a broader range of pieces of equipment or um, uh, uh, challenges based on um, abilities mm -hmm. and um, developmental abilities and developmental age. So that's something that you really, I mean, it's just kind of the way that it is. We might be able to, you might be able to look at something that's lower, uh, but similar to that. Um, so. Yeah. And then the, the boulder climbing wall or the boulder, what did you call it? The boulder? Yeah, boulder. Boulder mountain. Boulder yeah. mountain is going to be kind of that same kind of experience. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that'll have a broader age range because um, it'll, it'll have uh, challenges for a, a broader range of abilities so, so maybe that's by having that's, no more climbing options you won't be stuck with you know just this one specifically if we're able to have the horizontal log climber you know the tree kind of laying on the ground while climbing um you know as well as that boulder mountain so yeah um, okay um so this next question starts with a positive comment. So I'll read that out. The new equipment looks great. I like all the natural elements. Um, but one concern they have is that on Hutchins, people coming in to use the park, try to park on the east side of Hutchins, which is a no parking zone. Would it be possible to put in additional signs to make it clear that this is a no parking zone? Um, and they also mentioned that they like the idea of the fence to make it clear that children shouldn't run into the street from the playground. So this is a question about parking and signage. 
Yeah, definitely. I don't know how many signs are out there right now, but we can definitely look at adding some additional ones. Um, you know, again, because of all the kids in the uh, playground, I think it's really important to just keep keep vehicles away from that edge of the playground so that there's lots of visibility for drivers um, in case someone does cross there. So yeah, happy to look into that. Okay, great. Um, some more positive comments. Um, we have a family on the phone of frequent Almendinger playground users. Two of the three kids are listening in um, and they wanna share some positive feedback. Uh, they love the natural playscape elements and the Boulder Mountain got many oohs and ahs from us. Um, it reminds them of the Big Rock Nature Preserve in Charlotte, North Carolina. So thank you for the creativity and we can't wait to come play on the new stuff this summer or fall. Oh. So thank you for submitting that comment. Um, the other two that we have in here, so I just wanna let the, the person know who requested more benches that I do see your two comments here on some locations. So we, um, after this meeting, these answers get downloaded and we will have access to these two responses for them to consider. Um, so another, Question here is, uh, will the slide deck be made available for neighbors who couldn't make it? Yes, um, we'll upload it onto our website tomorrow. Um, so that's, you know, you can get to it through a2gov.org and then slash, we'll actually have it on our park planning page. So it'll just be park planning. Um, you can also navigate to that page from our, our parks overall website, website, but yeah, happy to point neighbors there and, and let them. Um, we could also look at getting a recording as well um, and post that so that they can see all the Q&A and kind of listen to the explanation. So it um, might just take a few more days to get the recording posted, but happy to put the, the slide deck on there tomorrow. Okay, there's um, one more question here. Will parts of the playground be accessible during the construction? I'm going to guess no. Um, you know, just with equipment moving around, we'll probably have to close the whole thing. Just, I don't think we want want children playing too close to where everyone's working. You know, Dan, do you feel otherwise or? Um, I don't know. I, I um, I, I think that we may be able to put a fence up. Uh, segregating the con active construction zone for part of the time, but yeah. maybe it's a good opportunity for to go visit a neighborhood, another park in the city, and just see what else is out there for while well, the three-ish weeks this one shut down. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I agree. I'll give that a big maybe. <laughs> A big maybe. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and, you know, in the past, we've been trying to do our playground renovations kind of like late summer, early fall. You know, a lot of them have been happening in September. You know, obviously, a summer with school out, they get a lot more use. So sometimes with that timing, um, we can kind of avoid the peak use. Uh, we'll kind of see what the schedule looks like um, for this, you know, as we go forward. But that's something we kind of look at timing wise. Okay, that's all of the questions that we have for now. There are no others in the queue. Are there any images anyone would like to see again? Or um, we can scroll to 
you know, a different slide, if there's something you want to look at a little bit more. I know I went through things pretty quickly. We can give people another minute to type in their responses. Um, we can always come back to the questions as well. Yeah, you know, this is a good opportunity. I'm gonna zoom through my presentation really quick. Hopefully everyone's eyes and brain is okay. As I, um, go to the end, you know, while everyone takes a minute to kind of think if there's other um, things you have questions about, I just wanted to talk a little bit about our Adopt-A-Park program. Do, 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 do. I have an easier way to get here. Um, let's see, so our Adopt-A-Park. So uh, we have staff that um, work with park adopters, which are volunteers, and they can help with special projects, the park, beautifying parks. You know, sometimes they're doing plantings near signs, um, just helping with park maintenance. Sometimes there's special projects that um, you know residents and adopters are interested in seeing in their park. So this is beyond just the playground, but if you um, wanna get involved uh, with Almondinger or even another park, the contact information um, is included here. So the coordinator, Melissa, can be reached at adoptapark um, at a2gov.org. So if that's something anyone is interested in. And then I'm just gonna leave this up here. You know, my email address um, is here. If anyone has questions or thoughts, you know, maybe, you know, if you think about it more tonight or if you share this with some of your neighbors and have some um, questions and feedback you'd like to uh, provide, happy to hear that. And, you know, the project website will, will be um, uploading a copy of the presentation and then hopefully a recording a little later is again, a2gov.org slash park planning. Okay, we don't have any more questions coming in. Just thanks for a great presentation. This was really helpful. Um, but other than that, no, no more comments or questions. Well, thanks everyone. Um, you know, we can kind of hang out here a little bit longer, but um, you know, feel free. I know everyone has busy evenings, so um, you know that kind of ends the formal part of our presentation. But we'll hang out around a little bit longer just to see if there's any other questions. But thank you for taking this time and for you know all the thoughtful questions and feedback. We really appreciate it. Okay, we had one more question come in, um, but can you define a zip slide? Dan, this was a term that was used um, on that play structure we chose from game time. It looks like it's just a shorter, steeper slide maybe. Do you know what that term means? What was it? <laughs> they called it a zip slide. Oh, uh, it's just, it's a marketing name for a slide. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know that it's, yeah, it's just a marketing name. <laughs>
yeah. just think it's a it's a it's a plastic slide. Yes, yeah. With a cool name. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Well, we only have three attendees left, so it's possible they're writing in some comments for us. So thank you for the presentation. This is all very exciting for those of us who regularly use the park. Thank you. Awesome. So nice to get such positive feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I took my kids to this park playground, you know, for many years. Still go, so we're excited about it too, as a park user and designer. Okay, well, it looks like everyone else has left the meeting. Okay.